Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen, Alex King, and Kelly Pretty here. Today is Wednesday, February the 27th, 2019. It's 8 a.m. in New York, 5 a.m. in Los Angeles, 1 p.m. in London, and Sydney, Australia is at 12 midnight. But wherever you are in the world, thank you for joining us for another episode of LOA Today, your daily dose of happy. And I'm happy that we are on five minutes late instead of ten minutes late. This is an improvement over yesterday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is, is me, a step up. This, this is me trying to change the story so that everything you know, starts working out technologically every time we start doing a, a, a program. So, um, right. yes, I am happy that things have improved. I am happy that things are better. And I'm really excited about the fact that this afternoon we're going to actually start on time. It's going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, Kelly, how are you doing? We haven't talked in a while, but how's it going over your end there? Good, yeah. The weather is amazing in the UK at the moment, so it is warm for February. It's like 20 degrees or something, which is insane. So, yeah, it's really good. And, yeah, just busy. I took some time out back end of last week um, to do some soul searching, which was nice. And, um, yeah, I guess that's Did it work? Did How you are you find, did you find your soul? Was it <laughs> did good? it work? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I guess so. Like I did, I went to this lovely place um, in the middle of the forest Ooh. and meditated and yeah, it was lovely. It was really, really nice. It's called New Forest and it's basically like the only place I've ever been to in the UK where there's like grates in the ground and um, when you go in, because there's wild horses just like roaming around, and oh, I'm sure that nice. in parts of America that's normal, but in the UK that is not normal. Ah, uh, yeah. Horses and donkeys. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's yeah. Not, that's that sounds cool. awesome. Yeah, it was really special. Fabulous. Well, hey, that's a good way to do a getaway, no matter what how it works out. I mean, that alone makes it nice. So beautiful. Well done. Yeah. And Alex, yeah, we were talking you. before the show, you hadn't gotten a whole lot of sleep, but you didn't seem to be affected by it very much. I want to know what your secret is. I'm never affected by it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, how do you but measure that? Kind of monster. Huh? What did you say, Kelly? The massive can of monster. No, I had to quit. Oh, did you? I had to quit. It was, uh, I can't handle caffeine, apparently. I ended up in the hospital. It was terrible. <laughs> Oh my god, sorry, yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> no, it just happened this weekend, so you wouldn't have known. <laughs> we're, we're trying to keep it quiet oh because we don't, we don't want to embarrass Monster for the fact that they almost gave us an endorsement. You know, so. <laughs> <laughs> wow, Alex, I can't believe that. Yeah. Well, it didn't help that I don't drink water, so yeah, okay. I made it worse. <laughs> But no, oh, my body just doesn't handle caffeine well. Are you yeah, I'm feeling much better now. Yeah. That's good. So you can always tell when, when Alex is good because when, when she's fine, she's smiling and laughing. That, that's always the best sign with her. Doesn't matter how much, how little sleep she's got. Doesn't matter what else is going on in her life. If she's smiling and laughing, she, she doesn't paste it on. It's real. So that's always the best measurement. It's like a barometer. <laughs> this is me. It is. It's fabulous. So, well, I, how are you doing? I'm doing much better now that we're online. This is good. <laughs> this is my <laughs> this is my victory for the day. <laughs> I mean, Did we you actually hit record. 
Oh, I didn't hit record. You're right. I forgot about I got so caught up in the fact that we weren't online yet, and then we finally got online. I forgot to do that. So there we go. Recording. Yeah. Right, now, now we're recording. There we go. Okay, good. <laughs> so I'm doing okay. Um, I, I've been uh, spending each morning this week doing my mirror exercises as usual, and I've been really, mm-hmm. really focusing hard on, on paying attention, you know, focusing my mind, focusing on, on my own image in the mirror and so forth as I've been doing it. Uh, because it's been kind of an up and down week in certain ways, not because of the technology of hooking in to do the podcast, but other things too. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah. I, I find myself really leaning on that practice now, um, which is kind of interesting because a few months ago I'd kind of abandoned it. Now here I am leaning on it. So, you know, mm. it's good to have a place. It's a lot easier when you're dealing with stuff than when you don't have something in place. And for anyone who does not have a daily practice in place, I urge you to start one now for the day when you really need it. It's helpful to have that practice. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> now, I didn't really have a topic in mind for today, but Alex, you had, you had a topic in mind, and you, you started to outline it for me, and while my head was buzzing, I was trying to figure out, okay, how do we go with it? And it, it sounds interesting, so why don't you just, like, outline it again for the audience so they know what we're talking about here. The first one or the second one? <laughs> well, both of them, actually. The second one's a lot easier to, to, to tie in, but the first one was the one that kind of blew your mind, so let's start with that one. Okay, so I was watching this show, and it's called Game of Clones. Not to be confused with Game of Thrones. So it's basically they take these reality stars, American reality stars, and they give them their ideal mate. By by that, I mean their uh, celebrity crush. So they take that celebrity crush, and they find seven people that look like that celebrity crush, and clone them all, like, make them look like that celebrity crush. So now it's like, well, if you don't rely on what your ideal mate looks like, now where do you go from there? Mm-hmm. That, that can be a problem. So if, you, if your celebrity crush, and I won't even question the judgment behind this, if your celebrity crush is Khloe Kardashian, and you got, uh-huh. 20, you got 20 Khloe Kardashians in front of you, how do you decide? Yeah. That's what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. In other words, this psychological warfare is what this is. Basically. We're going to get right past the whole thing of what looks are about and make you decide what a person is like on any surface based on how they've been made up to look. Then that's where my mind is boggling. I'm not sure where to go with that. (laughs) Well, no, it's more of like you're supposed to get to know a person and, and, you know, for who they are on the inside is even though they happen to look like Megan Fox or whoever you happen to. (laughs) <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so what do they actually do on the show? I mean, how does the the contestant who's trying to decide how do they do they get to ask questions or how do they find out who the person really is? They start off with like a little intimate cocktail hour where they get to roam around and talk to the seven girls or guys, depending on which we're talking about, and then they move on to uh, elimination round immediately. So. Questions have been asked previously of the of the clones, and they have their answers on like a flipboard, kind of like the newlywed game. Okay. And if your answers don't match the reality star's answer, you're you're gone. <laughs> this does not sound conducive to a relationship based on conversation. This sounds more like a relationship based on how many you know soap powers can I sell. It, it doesn't really sound like. <laughs> Sound like that but this is how relationships start nowadays. This is this is the above dating app right now. This is this is what's going on in the world. 
If this is what passes for functionality, we got serious problems, I'm telling you. I mean, it gets further into it, like, later on, you get to, you know, actually have conversations with the people. Oh, good, I'm you glad know, to hear get that. to know them. So, yeah. Could eliminate half of them by that time, You get still. to go on dates with them, you get to learn more about them, obviously, but, you know, just the first, I don't know, probably 15 minutes, that's the first 15 minutes. I, I'm just concerned about what happens when you when you apply law of attraction to this, and you realize you've mm-hmm. been focusing. I mean, I, I can just imagine the person who is the contestant is trying to decide. They like a they, they have a crush on this one particular celebrity. They see you know seven people who are dressed like this celebrity, like this celebrity, and they're spending their time trying to divine which one looks really like this celebrity instead of trying to find out about who the celebrity is, or, or no, exactly. who, who the per- person is. You know, so so, so they're still mm-hmm. stuck on the wrong thing. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's why I find it so interesting. That's why I find it. I want to stay away from it. <laughs> well, that was the whole point of reality shows is they're all train wrecks, and you want to watch the train wreck. Nearly all of them are. I have, I have to say there are a couple that aren't quite train wrecks. There are a couple that are kind of fun. My, my wife wa- likes watching The Little Couple, for instance. They're not a train wreck. Um, they're, no, they're not. They're, That's a good joke. They're, they're, they've yeah. got cute kids and all that kind of thing. But you're right, both of them are pretty much train wrecks. So I, I'm going to go to our life coach and ask Kelly, Kelly, is there anything sane in any of this? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Not talk about putting me on the spot. Um, yeah, like, to me it doesn't make sense, but that's just because I think that we as a society have become so accustomed to judging people on the external rather than the eternal. And obviously you do have to have some kind of like attraction towards another person initially. But mm-hmm. I mean, do you really need them to look like your celebrity crush? That seems like <laughs> ridiculous to me. And, you know, just like anything else, you get used to how that person looks on a day-to-day basis. Like in the grand scheme of things, you know, it doesn't really matter. It's about the kind of interconnection that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. I agree. It's kind of hard to have a, an interconnection when, when it's all about what they look like. It kind of, yeah. <laughs> it kind of falls to the ground frequently. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> By the way, we have a, a question that isn't really quite tied into this. It's tied in more to um, what we're talking about as we did our introductions. But Siraj is saying, um, it isn't so much a question, it's an observation. So self-talk is a very good exercise. Sometimes um, I don't have my mirror when I'm traveling, so I use my cell phone. Uh, and use the selfie aspect of the camera and I do the daily exercise. So I just want to say congratulations, Siraj. Go ahead, do that. Keep, keep doing it. You're going to find results from doing the mirror exercise. And, you know, keep it up. Good for you, Siraj. Yeah, that's good. Real good. So, all right. Without, there were two ideas you had, Alex. We've, we've covered the dysfunctional one. What's the functional one? <laughs> I don't know how functional it is, but it had me laughing. Okay. So <laughs> I saw a live video on YouTube of a pastor or reverend or whatever you want to call him who had brought back someone from the dead. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he had like a stadium full of a congregation of people that had paid to see this happen. And it's just, it just blew my mind and at how 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 much people believe so much that they will fall for just pretty much everything. Like, you cannot bring people back from the dead. I don't care how anointed you are, <laughs> which is what he was claiming. 
is that he was so anointed that he he defied the devil and and he will bring people back from the dead. Well, that has a couple <laughs> of interesting uh, implications. First of all, the implication is that if you die, it's because the devil did it. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, that that's an interesting yeah. take. Um, and you also mentioned something before the podcast that you didn't touch on here. I wanted to ask you about that. You said that it was obviously fake. What what made it obviously fake? It was obviously fake because the the way that the the actor who the the dead person was acting when he came back to life, it was just it was just he was like a zombie pretending to be a zombie. It was the worst <laughs> acting I've ever seen. <laughs> he was like, his eyes were like blown open. He's like drooling on himself. He, but I'm like, first of all, so my mind goes, first of all, rigor mortis would have set in. So you wouldn't have jumped out of the coffin. Just saying. <laughs> and so, <laughs> so there's so many things wrong with this, but, but I just, and then they, they, they pan out to how many people had came to see this and the overflow of people that came to see this. And I was like, this guy just made so much money wow. off of this bull. <laughs> Incredible. It's terrible. And I was like, this is, this is the world today, apparently. Well, and, and the comment that I made to you before the, the, the show, when you told me this story was mm-hmm. it's, it's really a commentary on the ability of human beings to literally believe anything they want to believe. And that mm-hmm. that plays mm-hmm. a major role in law of attraction. Yes, it does. Because you know, when we're trying to be deliberate creators, we are often trying to adopt a new belief structure that, in some ways, can even contradict the old belief structure. Uh, I mean, Kelly, you mm-hmm. get paid good money by people who want help in accomplishing exactly that, changing their belief structure around. They may not know that when they first come to you, but that's what they ultimately learn. They, they need to change their thought process around to you know accommodate what it is that they want to attract into their life. So, I mean, is, is there an ethical side, first of all, to uh, deciding what it is that you're going to try to believe in? And, and Kelly, second of all, do you have to be careful about what it is that you're going to believe in? Um, it's funny you say this because I saw something a couple of weeks ago and it was actually um, – God, you know the um, Secret Service in America? What is it? Secret, Secret Service. service. The, the Secret Service is what guards, guards the president. Yeah. Uh, oh, is it? Um, no, maybe like, there's a Secret Service in the UK. I can't remember what's called it. The people like that snipe uh, and kill. Uh, oh, oh, oh. Um, you're, t- you're talking about the Navy Seals. Here in the US, it's the Navy yeah, Seals. Kind of like- yeah. Like that kind of thing, but yeah. they're like James Bond, basically. Right, right. Well, um, they like snipers. Yeah, I guess so. I can't remember what it's called. It's like, um, oh my gosh, my memory is completely. Gone. <laughs> um, there's a really um, famous building in London um, where everybody goes to work there, and it's really secure, and it's really. Um, a lot of the time it's not actually, most people don't know that that's where the building is. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, they have got a, a um, document on their, um, on their website about the law of attraction. Really? And it's like an actual official document about what the law of attraction is and how to use it. And at the end, did I try and get it? I screenshotted it. They actually wrote a uh, um, warning about the beliefs and the things that you're trying to visualize 
And the fact that you can completely um, distort your reality and and change your reality to things that you might not necessarily want. Wow. Which I thought was like, yeah, it was like insane. Like so, so interesting. So I'll have a quick um, look just now and see if I can find it while we're on this. And I'll read it out. Oh, here it is. It's um, a CIA document, clearly explained in a declassified CIA document. And at the end, it says um, Monroe trainers caution against attempting to force the pace of this process because the individual could succeed in dislocating his existing reality with drastic consequences. Wow. Wow. That's insane, right? That's crazy. The CIA. I'm I, sure they're in America, I, right? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah they're they everywhere. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. the whole point. <laughs> but, but uh, yeah, I, I, I'm blown away by the fact that the U.S. government apparently, government has apparently adopted the ideas of the, of deliberate creation and using the law of attraction. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I never expected that. It's mind-blowing. Holy cow. I mean, yeah. talk about it's it. It's mind-blowing. I'll send <laughs> yeah, yeah, so they train their staff on it, basically. Well, it, it's kind of a scary That's thing. It, this actually ties into what, what we were talking about, Alex, because, I mean, I really can't avoid the, the, the elephant in the room now. Donald Trump is one of the best deliberate creators that has ever led a country. <laughs> he really is. He's not. He, his, <laughs> his ethical choices are horrible, but his ability right. is incredible. I mean, he has really trained yeah. himself. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you guys knew, there's actually a picture of Donald Trump with Esther and Jerry Hicks because he attended one of the workshops. No. Yeah, there is. I didn't know that. There's an actual photo of Donald Trump with Esther and Jerry Hicks. Yeah. That does not surprise me at all. Mm. But again, it raises the question. The law of attraction itself has no ethical basis one way or another. You, what you focus on is what you attract. So ethics is something that human bring, beings bring into the uh, the conversation. It mm-hmm. has nothing to do with law of attraction directly. And my question to you is, well, even though it's not a part of the law of attraction, shouldn't it in some way be part of the conversation? Ethics. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I believe so because, you know, when I came into this industry, I thought, the world could be fixed by teaching everyone the law of attraction. But actually, I don't think that's the case because, as you can see, well, it depends what your opinion is on Donald Trump and some of the things that he's brought to the world. Um, but for me, anyway, I, you know, I don't think he necessarily always uses it for good. And I think that teaching people the law of attraction, we have an obligation to also teach them how to heal themselves because that's the only way that we're going to be able to create peace in the world is if people are able to connect into something bigger than themselves. It's not just the law of attraction that's going to fix things basically, mm-hmm. I think. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I'm answering your question, Walt. I've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent, but hey, ho. <laughs> <laughs> we do that all the time, Kelly. Join the club. <laughs> <laughs> And there's also there's also the facts of what Abraham says. Abraham tells us that, for instance, you used the the phrase about uh, fixing the plant and so forth. They say there's nothing that needs fixing. 
and and when you hear Abraham say that, when I at least when I heard Abraham say that, I, I kind of left my mouth open, like, wow, because mm. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes on that is pretty darn dysfunctional. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. the, the obvious example would be wars and that kind of struggle, but I mean, th- there's also a whole lot more that goes on, and and saying that it's not broken is really a very 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 strong statement. Um, now I know what they're what their meaning is, their meaning is that when you look back on what's going on at any given time from the perspective of further on down the road, it all starts to fit in. It all starts to make sense in terms of a planet, planet-wide um, evolution toward higher and higher ascension, toward a, a, a better place to be and, and uh, beings who are growing and, and expanding and you know just becoming more and more of, of the best that they can be. Uh, so mm-hmm. that's really the perspective they're looking at it from. But nevertheless, when we're in the middle of it, which we are, that that's a tough perspective. That's a real tough perspective. And that's why I kind of go back and forth about this ethics thing. On the one hand, I think that it's really important to just respect. I'm not sure if respect is the right word, but to respect the fact that people are going to make choices that I don't like. And that's simply yeah. going to be the case. Um, and this is where Abraham also makes another point, which is even if somebody else makes a choice that you don't like, makes a choice that leads to something you don't want to have anything to do with, doesn't mean you have to be part of it. It doesn't mean you have to be mm-hmm. part of that that set of consequences that they're setting up for themselves and for others. You can you can actually not be a part of it by simply changing your choices, changing your vibration so that you're not vibrating to the same thing. Um, and And that also is a challenge because so often... We have trouble doing that. I, I've been kind of dealing with that myself with my wife lately. Not with my wife per se, but with her television choices. Um, Alex, I was telling you yesterday how she likes watching Blue Bloods. Yes. Well, Blue Bloods is a television show starring Tom Selleck that basically it tells the story of a family that runs the commissioner's office and our members of the police force and of the, the legal system in New York City. So they're basically telling a story about New York City, and, and it's a... Uh, it's actually a drama that has been widely praised by members of the New York Police Department, interestingly enough. Mm-hmm. But it's mm-hmm. also filled with rage and anger and fights and all kinds of, you know, really high tense, high intensity, high drama scenes that I really don't want to have as part of my life. And yet we live in this small apartment and if she's got the TV on, she always has it cranked up so I can't avoid it. So I have to learn how to not let that be part of my vibration. That's a very, very mild example that you could also apply on a larger scale. Somebody who is living in a war zone, you know, they want to mm-hmm. not live in that war zone. They don't want to be affected by it. Changing your vibration when you're in a war zone is not the easiest thing in the world to do. So right. um, there's lots of opportunity for growth here, but it does raise the question, where does ethics come into this? And I don't have a clear answer on that. On the one hand, on the other hand, that's the way I keep looking at it. So that, that's why I wanted to bring it up with you guys to see what you think. I mean, Alex, what do you think? What, should ethics be involved? Should should morality be involved in this? Uh, that's a that's a tough one because I I, I feel like that's two separate conversations. Mm-hmm. I feel like law of attraction is one conversation, and ethics is a whole is a whole another subject. Yeah, I, I don't think that they uh, coincide. You can make a good argument for that. I can make a good argument either way. So I mean, you can certainly yeah, make a good yeah. argument there. <laughs> but what do you think, Kelly? I mean, you, you mentioned how the, the CIA is actually incorporating this stuff. Um, does that open it up to an ethics discussion, or should we just keep them separate? I think it depends on why you 
think you're here in this lifetime. Does that make sense? So like if, if you're here and you are, you think that you're here to help people learn about the law of attraction and, um, you want to help create you know, um, a better world. It depends on the morals of the individual, basically. Mm. And that's not mm-hmm. saying that somebody who is here that doesn't want to do that has got bad morals. It doesn't mean that at all. It's just that I think that some people believe that they're here to make the world a better place. And if that's the case, then, then yeah, I think ethics does have to come into it. But I think that if you just want to be here and just practice a lot of traction, and learn about that and, and create a life where actually you are just wanting to make sure your vibration is good and, and the other stuff around you isn't affecting you, then that's also okay. And that's where maybe ethics doesn't come into it. So I feel like there's like two answers to that. I'm going to muddy the waters Depending even further. On who it is. The, the, and those are good answers, I think, by the way. I think your answers mm-hmm. are both of you giving are giving very good answers. Um, I'm going to muddy the waters even further here. I'm going to make a suggestion about what morality and ethics are really all about, in my opinion. And this is an opinion that's based on having studied those topics for quite some time. I mean, I studied them in college, and I've been very interested in them ever since. I, I really believe that ethics and morality are really all focused around one question, and that is the question of, when we are coming to terms with the fact that we are all inherently self-interested beings, how are we simultaneously going to look at others? And, and this is a little bit black and white, so kind of take it with a grain of salt. But you can look at others in a positive way and say, yes, I want to be helpful toward others. I want to be kind toward others. I want to be compassionate toward others. Or on the other hand, you could say, I don't give a crap about others. And if what I do mm-hmm. you know, has an impact, negative impact on somebody else, too frigging bad. That, that, those are like the two extreme arguments there. And, and I suggest that mm-hmm. most of morality is about condemning the second one and praising the first one. Mm-hmm. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's true. So if I look at it that way, then... I have to start looking at what is what, what are the many, many reasons that people decide they want to become people, to incarnate, to become physical beings. And I'm wondering to what degree that distinction plays a role in the choices that they make. Like for somebody who comes in with the idea not of being compassionate toward others, but just they want to live their own life and to heck with anybody else. I wonder to what degree they are choosing that deliberately. And I can even conceive of a reason why they'd want to choose that deliberately. One of the, one of the things uh, we were talking about yesterday, Alex, you'll remember this, uh, you, me, and mm. Bill were talking about this, is the idea of karma, which is a topic I've always had a little bit of difficulty mm-hmm. with anyway. But the idea that yeah. we, we come into this world in order to experience a certain set of consequences that we didn't experience in a previous life. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, and, and, and Bill was even making the argument that people can come into this life in order to punish themselves, which I thought was really pretty bizarre. But I can understand where he's coming from. I can I could understand how he was piecing that together. Um, I'm wondering if people come into this life in order to uh, experience 
being somebody who who lives and learns and applies the law of attraction, but without any concern for somebody else. I wonder if they come here to learn what that's like. Hmm. Interesting. And I say that because I really give a lot of thought not only to ethics and morality, but I also have given a lot of thought to the word consequences. Mm -hmm. um, and I mention that because consequences in our society tends to have a negative set of baggage associated with it. Like, you know, consequences mm -hmm. are always negative. You, you know, you have negative consequences. But in reality, the word consequences can include both positive and negative. The, the root of the word, if you divide it into two pieces, con and sequence. Sequence, we know what that is. It's a sequence of events or a sequence of things or whatever. Con means together or with. So with a sequence or together with a sequence. You look at it that way, anything that follows any action or any anything that you're attracting or whatever is going to be a consequence, whether it's positive or negative. If you become a millionaire, that's a consequence. If you become impoverished, that's a consequence. You know, if you if you attract the love of your life, it's a consequence. If you never attract the love of your life, it's a consequence. They're all consequences. Mm -hmm. And when I apply that word and, and understand it that way, I realize that every single thing we draw into our lives using the law of attraction is going to have consequences of one kind or another. So, yeah. so going back to what I was talking about, I'm thinking that there are people, I'll, I'll generically call them the Donald Trumps of the world, who come into this world <laughs> either, and I'm not sure which it is, either expecting that they're going to experience the consequences of living that life, or who come in not expecting it and wondering what it's going to be like. Now, if I've, got, I've gone too <laughs> far off the cliff, let me know, but I'm curious to know what you guys think about that. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I think just like we were talking about yesterday, if you, if you come into this life and you wanted to learn, you know, what it's like to, uh, be a murderer, that there's also another side of it where you could be like, um, you know, I want to know what it's like to feed the homeless, you know, so there's, there's two sides to the coin. You can, you can, it's up to your celestial being. You can choose whichever way you want to go. So you really do buy into that. What do you think, Kelly? I do, yeah. <laughs> I think that we're all inherently good. And when we're born, we we are good beings and we're filled up with love. And all of the experiences that we have um, throughout life and childhood it make us the way that we are. So that that could be that, you know, it ends up where we stop caring about other people and we only care about ourselves because that's how our parents treated us. For instance, you know, we've, we've only, we've got to put walls up because we were hurt over and over and over and over again. So we stopped caring about others. So I think that that's all laid out. I do think that that's a path that's often given to us, but it's down to that person um, to look within at some point in their lifetime and work out, is this actually working for me? Do I actually enjoy waking up every morning and feel good about the person that I am? And mm -hmm. a lot of people can work through a whole life and never, ever, ever be faced with that realization. Mm -hmm. And some people will, and they'll be, they'll have a huge shift and a huge um, transformation. And They'll, they'll maybe start considering what moral compass they want to live by at that stage. Mm -hmm. But I think that it's dependent on each individual and, and each of the circumstances that they, they go through in their life. That, that's an interesting point that you're raising too, because what the point you're really raising is 
regardless of what our intentions were coming in, we're living in the now. And mm. that's what we're dealing with is right now. So it almost mm. doesn't even matter what intentions we came into the world with. What matters is what are we going to do about it now? Yeah, I think it's all about the present moment, I guess. And um, what have we learned up till now and how can we move forward and constantly become a better version of ourselves? But that's easy for me to say, you know what I mean? Sat here with a roof over my head and, and a nice life. Like it's not so easy for people that are maybe living in, um, you know, private countries or or even the people that are hurting, because let's be honest, people that, you know, I hate bringing him up, but like Donald Trump, the only reason why somebody would constantly um, be so um, passive aggressive all the time is because he's a hurt soul. He's hurting inside. Um, and he's, you know, he's built this life for himself and, and this persona that it's almost too far to start looking within for him. It's interesting. It's, it's not going to happen in this life. Because Louise and I saw, <laughs> <laughs> well, it might, I don't know. Louise and I saw a special last night on uh, cable about Donald Trump and about his upbringing. And one thing that we can say based on what was presented is a lot of this did come from his father. Because his father was a piece of work, to yeah. be honest. Um, but among other things, his father taught him that he must do, this is my wording, not so much what the way they said it in, in the special, Donald must do whatever it takes to win. His primary goal mm -hmm. in life must always be to win. That, In fact, mm -hmm. life is divided up into winners and losers, and it, his life would be a failure if he allowed himself to be a loser. So he must do whatever it takes to win, which is going to create a pretty messed up psychology in the long run because you're, you're basically saying any time that you don't win, you fail. <laughs> you have you have done you know, disastrous things. You have... Uh, uh, disgrace the family name, you know, he's, he's setting an impossibly high standard. Mm -hmm. That kind of ties into what you're talking about, Kelly, that, you know, you, you grew up with that kind of thing. That That's a big burden to carry. Yeah. And isn't it so amazing when you hear that? And I'm sure for some people listening, they might know that story already. They might not, but I didn't know that. And the amount of compassion that you can have for somebody when you hear that. Yeah. compared to just how you might perceive them previously. It's like a switch going off, like, oh, right, okay, well, actually, I can be compassionate towards that person now because I kind of understand why they're that way. And and I think that that's really, you know, the, the power of story, the power of somebody's truth, the power of someone's um, reasons why they are the way they are. Because like Alex said, like, somebody who murders is murdering because of something that's happened to them previously, right? They're not, they're not born evil. It's true. It's true. Yeah. We, we, we are born to live the life that we live, but that doesn't mean that we're born evil. Um, Siraj also made a comment as did Maggie. And I want to share um, the comments they, they made here. Siraj said, I'm going through some physical issues and some financial debts. He says he's hospitalized, but still listening to the conversation. Oh, he's asking for some help. Can you please guide me how to heal in this situation? Please give me some procedures so I can come out of this okay. So, well, first of all, we're sorry to hear that you're hospitalized. Let, let's see if we can help mm -hmm. with that. And then uh, Maggie's got a comment that follows up on what we were just talking about. So we'll come to Maggie's in a second. But let's see what we can do with Siraj first. I'm going to go to the life coach first. Kelly, how do we help Siraj in the hospital? Yeah, 
Yeah, so this is, um, I'm sorry that you're not well, firstly. And secondly, this is something that I've actually been reading up on quite a lot. So um, I don't know if you've got access to books or anything like that, but there's a couple of books I can recommend just now. One is um, oh, Anita Miranda, um, and it is um, Dying to Be Me. That's a really mm-hmm. amazing book that would probably help. But the other is, um, I can't remember the name of the book, and it's really, really hard to get a hold of, but I'll tell you what it teaches you. And it's basically the power of the thought process when you're healing, when you're sick. And if you um, can maybe, like, while you're lying there, have, like, do a little prayer almost in your head, ask the universe to come and help you heal and know that you've got the power within yourself to make yourself better. You have the power to heal yourself. So just like telling yourself that before you do the thing I'm about to tell you next and just knowing that you are the creator and almost like saying in your head, I am able to heal myself. I am able to heal myself. And then once you've done that and you've like, you know, kind of got into the state of thanking the universe for healing yourself, then start visualizing yourself being better so I don't know what's wrong with you at the moment but say for instance if somebody had cancer um and I really hope that's not you but I'm just saying that because that's something that um someone close to me is dealing with um you imagine yourself um sitting with the doctor being cancer free and you imagine the tumor getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller so whatever your physical um things that are needing healed are you do the prayer at the beginning you do the you know kind of knowingness that i am the creator i have the ability to kill myself and then you move into the visualization of seeing yourself getting better and you can do that for you know five ten minutes and then afterwards thanking the universe for healing you and do that three times a day and see if that makes you feel any better that's Mm -hmm. good yeah in fact, I would do that as often as you can throughout the day. I mean, it's not like you have a whole lot of places to go. Take advantage. You know? <laughs> Seriously, do that oh, throughout, and there's a throughout the day. Sorry. There's a documentary called Heal on Netflix at the moment as well, and it's really, really powerful. I would watch that as well. Okay. That's good. That's very good. Yeah. I, I, this may sound strange, but I would actually take to heart the fact that because we know we who are deliberate creators who follow the law of attraction, who try to learn from it and so forth, because we know that all disease originates in the mind. The fact that you're in the hospital and he also mentioned that he's dealing with financial debts. Um, the fact that you're, you're dealing with all of this shows just how powerful you really are. Look what you, your, your mind did. It, it wasn't the kind of results you wanted, but your mind did this. That's how powerful mm-hmm. you really are. All you have to do now is just take that power and redirect it and you're going to get healthy. You're going to get better. Now, it's just mm-hmm. a question of doing a little redirection there. So take some heart from the fact that you are an incredibly powerful being. And you've proven it by the result. You just didn't focus in the right direction. That's all. You just <laughs> got to change the direction. And it's not easy to do. I mean, I've been there. We've all been there. It's not easy to do when you're when you're unwell, when you're suffering pain, when you're suffering from fear regarding you know, whatever a diagnosis might be or, or anything along that line. It's not easy to refocus the mind, but it's also a great opportunity to do it. Um, I I learned uh, last year through direct experience that it's actually one of the best times to practice. To practice mm-hmm. focusing on what you want in the face of this overwhelming terror that you experience. 
because it, 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 it almost like it gives you extra juice. You know what I mean, Kelly? It's, it's kind of like you, it, it gives you extra incentive to really, really focus in a way that you don't when you're feeling good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's also the space, right? Like it may be that the universe is you, – you probably won't be able to look at it like this right now, but in years to come you might be able to look back and see this as being – a, a gift given to you because the space and the time that actually being sick allows us to heal our body but also focus on what it is that we really want and actually use our mind in a way to consciously create mm. is usually space that we don't get in every single average day when we're working non-stop we've got kids to look after we've got things to do and a lot of the time it's actually really difficult to have the space and the time to manifest. So this is actually a really amazing opportunity to True. use this time to actually manifest. Yeah, that is a mm-hmm. good point because you do have a lot of time when you're laid up. I mean, the, what you have is your mind. That's about it. That And, and Netflix. Right. <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's a great opportunity. You're right. Yeah, that's a good way to look at it. Um, anything you got to add, Alex? Anything you want to tell Siraj that uh, might give him a little bit of uh, a leg up in terms of accomplishing what he wants to accomplish, getting out of the hospital, getting out of the debt and all that? Um, I would make your grateful list and start, you know, thinking about the things that you are grateful for despite what you're going through right now. That's good. Yeah. We we forget that, don't we? The gratitude list. We do. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the first, but you're right. That's one of the first ways to start turning the mental picture around is to start with what's going mm-hmm. right. I, I like right. to remember when when the when the body seems to be failing me and I'm not feeling well. I like to remember that 90 percent mm-hmm. of the body is still working correctly. It's just the 10 percent right, I got to fix. 90 percent right. I don't have to touch. 90 mm-hmm. percent is working great. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that helps a lot. And you're right. Going through the list of gratitudes is a really strong, powerful thing to do. Gratitude. Grat- that's actually Joel's favorite place to start. Whenever he's dealing with yeah. difficulties, he starts with his gratitudes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, now, Maggie, going back to our other conversation we were having, she says, seemingly negative actions can have positive impact. For instance, the person who fires you may be moving you on to more fulfilling opportunities. Does that mm-hmm. make the person or her actions good or bad? This kind of ties in with what you were just talking about, Kelly. Mm-hmm. Does that make does does the fact that you may be moving on to more fulfilling activities make the person or their actions good or bad? Mm. Interesting. It's a really, really good point. Like it depends on how you look at it, and it mm. depends on what lens you look at it through. Um, and ultimately, it's down to us to choose: is this person? You know, am I going to let this person um, stop me from living the life that I want to live? Or am I going to be able to see this person through rose-tinted glasses? Because I think that mm-hmm. everything is always pointing us into the right direction. So everything is really inherently good. But it's obviously really hard to look at it like that sometimes, um, especially when it's things that are going on in the world that we have no... Um, ability to change or we feel like we have no ability to change that we'd like to. So when it's, when it's somebody that's closer to us, though, I think it's, it's easier to adapt your thinking style to them being a good lesson or them being a good, um, thing happening in your life because they're redirecting you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
That's good. How about you, Alex? What do you think? I don't think it's either. I don't think it's either good or bad. I think it's I I want to say indifferent if you if you want to put it that way because you know it's something something happened and it had a positive result so take it as you want it. <laughs> well, that's just it. I mean, I like the way Cindy Chavez explains this one. I think she has a beautiful take on. It. She says it's not about good or bad. It's about preferred or not preferred. And when you mm-hmm. reframe it that way, now. It, it isn't so much of a moral question. It's a question of what do I want? Right. And what don't I want? And, and just mm-hmm. the act of becoming clear in that way helps to attract what it is that we really want into our lives and to not attract the things we don't want into our lives just by focusing on preference. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I agree with both of you. I think you both made good points on that one. Um, and then uh, Nasha has a question. She says, how can we avoid a war making it stop at the borders? And she mentions that, that I, I think this is about where she's currently living. She says we are in a state of mm-hmm. emergency. Yeah. Uh, that, that's a very mm-hmm. imminent problem that, you know, when you're facing that, that's pretty terrifying when, when, you're, when you're facing mm-hmm. something like that. So what do you think, guys? Is there a way to, uh, to help Nasha focus the way that she needs to focus? Nasha, so difficult because... You know, it, it's it, it's really challenging when we've not had to go through something similar. I know that I've mm-hmm. never been through anything similar to that in my life before. But with the the pain and the and the challenge that you've got before you, the potential for growth and the potential for helping others down the line with with similar experiences is huge because I'm sure that there's lots and lots of people um, that live in different countries that are going through something similar. So mm-hmm. um, it's, it's almost, albeit so challenging, and I'm really sorry that you're going through that, it, it, at some point in the future may be an opportunity to help lead and to help heal and to help um others going through the same thing um so it's yeah it's it's trying to um think and see the highest good at all times but when you're in something as um scary as that situation it it feels almost um I feel a bit like a fraud saying it if that makes sense because I've never been through anything like that in my (laughs) life before Mm -hmm. I hear you yeah. The thought that goes through my mind, Nasha, as I was reading that, is that we all have that interconnection to what I'll, I like to call my inner Walt. Some people call it inner being. Some call it higher power. I mean, some call it God. There are an infinite number of names you can apply to it. But whatever you want to call that, that connection is always there. And we are able to receive messages. We're able to receive communication from that inner being mm-hmm. at all times. The hitch is that we can't really differentiate what the messages are unless we're in a good feeling place. And if yeah. we are in a, a scared place, it's hard to get any kind of messages. So as strange as this may sound, what you really want to do is, despite the fact that there's this craziness going on outside, you got to get yourself into a good place internally. Mm-hmm. Because if you can, 
When you can get yourself into that better feeling place, you can start getting those internal messages, and that's when you can tar- start taking what they call inspired action. I, mm-hmm. If I were you, I'd be looking to get all the internally uh, received inspired action I can find and take that action and without question, without thought as soon as I get it. Just immediately just following what feels good inside, follow, following what, what, what my inner being is trying to tell me. Because I, I firmly believe that if you do that, your inner being is going to do its best to try to lead you to the best possible result in the situation you're in. Mm-hmm. So that that would be my my best answer. But I'm with you, Kelly. I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm not sure how to even uh, relate to the situation because I've never been in a situation like that. I, I think we can yeah, imagine. I know. We, we've seen enough. You know, you watch enough uh, horrible movies. You can, you can. It doesn't take too much effort to imagine it because you've seen it displayed on screen and portrayed. But uh, it's not. It's clearly not the same thing as having lived there. Mm-hmm. But good question. Any more thoughts for Nasha before we leave that one behind? Because that that's a really important topic. I think. No, I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, sending lots of love and um, hope and yeah. Well, your your feedback was great but it's yeah it is just be gentle with yourself as well be gentle and really conscious and aware of your inner voice your inner critic if you're beating yourself up for feeling feelings of fear and guilt and sadness and and all the the emotions are going to come up for you being really gentle with yourself, allowing yourself to feel those things. Because when we um, repress them, we create um, resistance there. And much mm-hmm. like what was that's, that's going to stop you from being able to move forward into a better place. So let the emotions come up. Let emotions be here. Let yourself feel them and know that you're 100% within your rights to feel the feelings that are coming up for you and, and don't um, have fear around that and don't um, feel guilty or ashamed or anything like that. Just just be really gentle with yourself. Yes. All emotions are valid emotions. That, that's the, yes. that, that's an excellent point and one that we need to take to heart, all of us, regardless of what kind of situation we're in, um, especially when we're in a dire yeah. situation like that. But in all, in all times, we need to be very gentle with ourselves. I agree with that entirely, which for me, by the way, is a big growth. I mean, if you asked me that three or four years ago, I'm not so sure I would have given that answer, but I'm giving that answer now (laughs) (laughs) because I've come to realize just how rough we can be on ourselves. So yeah, it's very, Mm -hmm. very, very important. Just let it come out. Let the emotions come out. It's not like you have to live in them forever. You don't have to wallow and swim in them and, you know, stay with them forever. You, you you get them out so you can get them out so that they're done. So they don't, Mm -hmm. uh, they, they don't haunt you anymore. Absolutely true. So we're getting uh, messages of appreciation from everybody who asked for help. And thank you for raising your questions. That's really great. we got about uh, wow. a little bit more than five, six, seven minutes left uh, in the podcast. Uh, and and I, I can think of a couple ways to go. I mean, we could go back kind of to the conversation we were having before. But uh, I think I'm going to open it back to you guys. I mean, Alex, you came up with a couple of good topics. And I don't know if you have any more in mind. But uh, Kelly, was there anything you wanted to bring up today? No, I don't think so. Um, oh, I can't think of any. Sorry. Okay. Well, there, there doesn't have to be. That's all right. Um, and Alex, do you have anything else you want to bring up? If you don't, then, then I'm going to uh, 
connect into my inner being and have my inner being come up with something. But I wanted to see if there was anything you guys had. Uh, I love when your inner being comes up with stuff. So let's let's do it. <laughs> well, it, it's it's kind of a fun exercise to do. I, I actually urge anybody to try do this. Just just do this in a conversation with somebody. And and literally all I do is. I take advantage of the fact that I'm feeling good because we're, we're having a good conversation and I love doing these shows. Mm-hmm. So that, that gets me into the positive place. And then once I'm in the positive place, I open my mouth and I start talking and I see what comes out. And I'll start with a sentence that I don't know how I'm going to finish the sentence. So <laughs> here we go. So on the topic of people and how they deal with what's going on in their lives, what do you think is the most important takeaway that people should have from the conversations we've had today about how to deal with, 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 with what's coming into their lives? You know, there's a question that I have no idea what that question was before I asked it, but <laughs> <laughs> not a clue in I the world that, that was coming up. I think that we should all be aware of the fact that we are in control of what's happening. So mm. we, we are predicting, not predicting, we are, we are manifesting what is, what is happening, good or bad. So you can't be like, oh, it's bad, so that's not law of attraction. Oh, it's good, so I manifested that. It, mm. it, that's not the way it works. You're manifesting both ways any, any day of the week. So that's the one thing that you have to remember. Okay. How about you, Kelly? What are you saying? Um, I think that I think that um, self-love is really, really key when it comes to manifesting, and it's a it's a key that a lot of people forget about. So when it comes to creating our best life and becoming the best version of ourselves. And when we come up with challenges, because that's part of being a human being, if we can always be conscious of like the inner voice inside of us and what that inner voice is saying, and then using and adopting methods like affirmations, like the mirror exercises that Walt was talking about at the beginning to overcome any of our inner struggles, any of our insecurities, because we're human beings. So every single person in the world has got insecurities it's just whether or not we let them run our life. That's up to us. That's down to us to um, reprogram our conscious and subconscious um, patterns and behaviors. And self-love is like fundamental to that. Whether it's that you want to manifest in your dream business, you want to manifest money, you have to believe that you deserve those things firstly. And that comes from self-love. And it's one of the areas that people don't realize is so important. Yes, I agree. Self-love, that, that's really huge. That, and that is, you're right, that's one mm-hmm. of the main purposes for doing the mirror exercises because they're, they're a wonderful yeah. way to build up self-confidence and self-love. No doubt about that. Yeah. yeah I agree with that entirely. Um, I also love the idea of focusing on preference. That, that's what I go back to. That's my big takeaway because every time Cindy Chavez explains that to me, I think to myself, oh, wow, that's so great. Um, she has a story she likes to tell. It's uh, a story that I believe originates in the Orient, and the, the basic title of the story is Good Luck, Bad Luck, Who Knows? And literally, it's a story of a sequence yeah. of events where something good happens, and, and the person who's the protagonist says, well, good luck, bad luck, who knows? And then something bad happens, and he says, good luck, bad luck, who knows? And then something good happens, and, something, and on and on and on like that. And it, it kind of illustrates the fact that it really is not about good or bad. It's about preference. What is it that you prefer? Mm-hmm. Um, and that ties into what you were talking about, Alex. We, we are in control. 
it's up to us, mm-hmm. you know, so why not focus on what we prefer? I would say right. perhaps even maybe change that around. Let's focus on what we prefer, what we prefer, not why not. Yeah. Let, let's actually just do it. Let's focus on what we prefer because that's where, mm-hmm. where we're going to get the best results anyway. So, yeah. Good. I like your takeaways, both of you. Really, really good. Um, before we go, Kelly, I want to give you an opportunity to do a little PR. So for somebody who's wanting some coaching help, how do they reach out to you? Oh, thanks. Um, yeah, so you can reach out to me on Facebook. My name's Kelly Pretty, so you can reach out to me directly there or on Instagram. And my Instagram is at Kelly underscore Pretty. Or um, my website, which is www.kellyperty.me. And you can, there's like a kind of inquiry form there if you're interested. Good. So thanks. And I, and I presume you're like most of the co-hosts. Actually, there's not been an exception so far. Everybody who's a co-host loves hearing from listeners. So don't feel like, don't feel shy. Feel like you can actually reach out because I'm sure Kelly would love to hear from you. <laughs> and then also Alex. The, yeah, uh, and it's not even yeah. No, go ahead. Sorry, not it's not even just you're interested in working with me or anything like that. Like, just please reach out anyway, and yeah, it would be it would be great to hear from you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I thoroughly recommend reaching out. And uh, Alex, I know you, we mentioned yesterday you're doing uh you, you've you've changed the format of your podcast from weekly to monthly, and you said the next one's coming yeah. out in a week. Is that what you said? I think you said it was in a week. Yes. What we did De- not definitely by the end of the month. <laughs> what, what, what we did not do is clarify how they can find your podcast. So why don't you do that? Tell people you how can, to find it. You can find me on Spotify. Just search uh, "Spoiler Alert." You can find and actually anywhere you um, get your podcast, you can pretty much find me. The name is so is just "Spoiler Alert." The, the name is "Spoiler Alert." Okay. Yeah. Or you can go to Anchor.fm slash Alex in Wonderland and listen to, yeah, thank you. (laughs) Alex, is that the name? That should be the real, that's the subtitle, right? Alex in Wonderland? (laughs) No, that's, that's my, my host name. Oh, it should be. It it should be. It should be. So it's spoiler alert with Alex in Wonderland. Okay. I got it. That's good. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. One thing you can always count on is no matter what show Alex does, it's always fun. And it's going to be fun <laughs> with your podcast. Ladies, this has been great. Thank you so much for the time, Kelly. I uh, especially like it because uh, while I get to talk to Alex three times a week, I only get to talk to you once. So I look forward to talking to you again <laughs> a week from now. It's a special treat for him. It really is. Absolutely. So thank you for joining us, okay? Thank you for having me. Uh, nice to it. see you both. Nice to see you too. Alex, I'll be talking to you on Friday, I believe. Friday, Friday morning. morning. Yeah. So looking forward to it. And I look forward to uh, inviting our audience as well to come back next time. You're on LOA today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.